Okay, today I'm joined by a proper leading authority and thought leader in the space of artificial intelligence, Dr. Andrew Ng. How are you, Andrew? No, great. Thanks for having me here, brother. It's so nice to have you with me. And your credentials are so long. You're a Stanford University professor. You're the co-founder of Coursera, the founding lead of Google Brain, a former and the founder of, of Deep Learning AI, a former chief scientist at Baidu and the founder and CEO of Landing AI, something we will hopefully cover in a bit more detail today. What I want to do today is really talk about the state of artificial intelligence, some of the future developments, as well as the, the latest news from landing AI. Does this make sense? Yeah, sounds great. Oh. Perfect. So as someone that has produced some of the, the, the most influential courses on AI and is, is so up to date in this space, how would you describe the current state of AI today? What are some of the things that you are particularly excited about? You know, we all read a lot in the news about AI's impact on a lot of things. And despite the PR buzz about AI and studies from, say, McKinsey estimating 13 trillion US dollars worth of value through AI, I think machine learning has transformed the consumer software internet industry. Companies like, you know, Google and Baidu, where had led AI teams, but also, you know, Microsoft, Facebook, those companies like that use AI really well. But once you look into other industries, candidly, I'm not seeing that much value or, or the potential value of AI being realized yet today. So when I stepped away from my role leading AI teams in the large consumer internet companies, I wanted to work to take AI to all of these other industries, uh, like manufacturing, where I'm focused a lot of time, but also things like, you know, healthcare, logistics. What I did not realize for uh, three, three, four years ago, uh, what I was actually a bit, bit naive on was that that recipe that a bunch of us had collectively built for consumer internet companies, that recipe doesn't work for these other industries. So at, at Landing AI, one thing that my team and I have been doing is to figure out this new recipe and tools and processes to let AI work with these other industries as well. So I'm excited about that. I think it'll be a next you know, big thing that those of us in AI have to figure out. Very good. And which areas are you particularly excited about when you look at, you said, obviously, it's not the, the big internet companies alone. It is you, you would like to bring it to healthcare, to, to, to manufacturing. Are there any specific industry that you think would benefit from AI the most? I think they maybe, I want to say they all will. I'm spending a lot of time focusing on manufacturing, but I feel like in work that I've done in, you know, healthcare or retail or logistics or all of these other industries, I think I think they will get there. But, 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 but I want to share with you why, what, what I think is, is maybe the biggest difference and, and why the old recipe doesn't work. Well, one difference is data sets are much smaller, right? So there's new technologies needed. But another one that maybe not is, is not widely appreciated is in consumer software internet, you can build one machine learning system, one AI system to serve you know a billion users and generate multiple billion dollars worth of value. In the AI world, have figured out how to get work, get 200 engineers to build and maintain one monolithic AI system that generates that value. Once you go to, say, manufacturing, every factory makes something unique. And so a neural network that detects scratches in a smartphone doesn't, you, doesn't work for detecting 
cross wires on a semiconductor wafer and in a auto component manufacturer looking for dents in some part in your car, well, they need a different neural network. So what the AI world had not yet figured out and why a new recipe is needed is what if instead of building a small number of monolithic AI systems, we instead need to help an industry collectively build, say, 10,000 different neural networks, each of which may generate you know, $1 to $5 million worth of value. So if you think of all possible AI applications in the world, from the single, very valuable web search advertising models to then looking at that, that's ahead of the distribution. Mm-hmm. But, but out in the tail is very heterogeneous and there are lots of one to $5 million projects that I see no one able to effectively execute on because of the heterogeneity of all of these other industries. Very interesting. So when you then look ahead into the future, there are so many different applications of AI, be this natural language processing, machine vision technology and others. Where where are the areas that you are particularly excited about when you maybe look ahead five or 10 years? So one, one thing that excites me is frankly, taking tools that kind of exist like, like supervised learning, but building the platforms that makes it possible for there to be, you know, thousands or ten, tens of thousands of unique neural networks for manufacturing. That's what landing eyes focus on. But I think mm-hmm. that someone, it, it, to, to, but I think there's an industry-wide, AI industry-wide problem. So take healthcare. Every hospital has slightly different way of coding their medical records. So the electronic health records are different. So in healthcare too, I don't think you can build one single monolithic neural network to process every single hospital's healthcare records. And the challenge for the AI industry is how can we set things up so that you know every hospital can train and maintain their own AI model? Because the other, where I see AI companies struggle is if the AI company tries to do all the customization, then ends up being a consulting company. And, and so my challenge is how can I help someday, hopefully 10,000 manufacturers build and deploy their own machine learning models without me having to grow landing AI to have 10,000 machine learning engineers to do all this customization. So to, so to solve this industry-wide dilemma, I think the only solution is to build vertical platforms, which is what landing AI is doing, to build a vertical platform to, that, that's fast and easy to enable the manufacturer IT personnel or the manufacturing inspectors to themselves be able to train deploy and maintain their own AI systems so that we can then collectively tackle this very heterogeneous world that's the that's manufacturing and, and other industry sectors. Very good. So tell us a little bit more about Landing AI, maybe a bit of its background. You're the, the founder and CEO. How did this come about? What, what's the vision for it? And, and where are you planning to take it in the future? Yeah. So Landing AI is building data-centric ML ops platforms to make it fast and easy for manufacturers to build and deploy successful AI systems. I started the company several years ago when I stepped away from my role leading AI teams and large consumer software internet companies. And I wanted to take AI to other industries. So having done this for, you know, having built an AI team, built and led an AI team in two large consumer software internet companies that were helped those businesses, right, quite a bit. I, I thought someone else can keep on doing consumer software internet companies. I don't need to do that anymore myself. I want to go and see if we can take AI to other industries. Mm-hmm. And frankly, when I started, I did not understand, and I was actually a bit naive in, in, in thinking that, in not realizing that a pretty different recipe would be needed. And, and I think we touched on 
the heterogeneity of these other industries. And then maybe people in the software world don't always understand that. Um, in the software world, you maybe everyone uses a very similar web search engine from if it's from one company, or you can update the product. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a small number of operating systems floating around, but not that many. So the software world, you know, is not completely homogenous, but it's relatively homogenous. Mm -hmm. If you look at the manufacturing world, even the same manufacturing plant, maybe maybe a plant built a, a refrigeration unit in 2017. And then in 2019, they built another line, you know, to make, I don't know, food, right? But the thing they bought in 2017 is out of stock. So they built with a different refrigeration unit and a different camera. And so the physical world, because the supply chain and just the laws of bits has been, it is much more heterogeneous. And so I think that this means that we need to build many more unique AI your neural networks. I think the other big gap that I'm excited about tackling is uh, data sets are much smaller. So I once participated, I once you know, worked on a face recognition system where I had about 350 million images to build one you know, system. But in manufacturing, sometimes all the data that exists for one defect, maybe 50 images, that's all the data that exists in the universe. So a neural network that was designed to handle 300 million images just doesn't work when you have 50 images which is why there's this movement of a new data-centric AI technology that I find exciting. I think, you know, I, I started to talk about this back in March, but now tons of companies are, are working on it, which I find very exciting. But I think the data-centric AI movement is building new tools, new technologies that is enabling us to do things with just 50 images. And even today, I'm often surprised at how, how well you can build a neural network or build a system with, with even relatively small data sets. But the technology is hard. And I think landing AI is on the cutting edge of that. And other companies and other researchers uh, are also working to advance this technology. And I, this too will be an important piece to open up this, these applications to, to other industries. Very good. So the mission is to democratize the the neural networks and and machine learning capabilities into the manufacturing world, right? Very much so. And I think you know, to others working on this, I think that Lenny AI with really the, the recipe that we figured out for manufacturing. I think a similar recipe is needed for tons of other industries mm -hmm. as well. Maybe someone else will go to do some of those as well. So look, looking ahead, then do do you? think that there's a possibility of landing AI to diversify into other industries in the future? Or do, do you feel that manufacturing is a big enough chunk to, to, to work on for a while? Manufacturing is a big enough chunk to work on for a while. There's one other interesting lesson I learned, which is we're very focused on images and we actually do have customers outside manufacturing with some biopharma, agriculture, that took our computer vision technology and applied it to you know, looking at cells for biopharma or looking at wheat fields to figure out the state of the crops for agriculture machinery. There's actually one, one other interesting lesson I learned, which is when deciding where landing AI should focus, there's a lot of tabular data or structured data in the world, but I found that that data is very heterogeneous. So, you know, every company's logistics supply chain data, demand prediction data is maybe a little bit different. Than, than any other companies. But one of the reasons I chose computer vision is because a PNG file is a PNG file is a PNG file. And whether you're a semiconductor manufacturer or auto component manufacturer or food and beverage manufacturer, when you take a picture of whatever you're inspecting, you know, there's only a small number of image formats, which is why we're able to build a tool 
focusing on computer vision that serves very pretty diversified manufacturers, as well as we've been focused on manufacturing, but we've had kind of a biopharmer, agriculture, you know, so a few other industries also use our tool when, when they heard about this and want to check it out. Very good. So in the past, we always thought when we talk about machine learning in particular, we need huge data set. Now you're saying we, we, we can build meaningful models with less data. What's different about those models in simple terms then? How, how do they work compared to what we had in the past? Yeah, you know, I'm really glad you asked that because this is um, at the heart of this new data-centric AI technology movement. Um, and in the context, I think over the last decade, AI moved to deep learning as a major shift. Over this decade, I think we collectively need another major shift, which is toward data-centric AI. And, and here's the idea. Um, the dominant paradigm for AI development was, you know, get a data set, hold the data set fixed, and work on improving the code, right? So because the AI system needs both code and data. Um, but because of this paradigm of AI development, I think for a lot of applications, the code or the neural network software is basically a solved problem. The open source thing that someone can download off the internet, off GitHub, works just fine. But what is needed is to engineer the right data set to feed even to that open source you know, neural network AI model to then get the performance you want. And until now, a lot of the engineering of the data, which is very subtle. So things like given a picture of a you know, smartphone, is this really a scratch or not? It turns out sometimes even inspectors don't agree. But how can you create really high quality data and the right types of data to show a small set of examples to the AI that clearly explains what you need the AI to learn. So this is an emerging discipline and, and, and a new technology area because the code part of AI has made tremendous progress for the last 40 years, including most recently deep learning in the last 10 years. The data part has been really ad hoc based on the skill and luck of, of individual developers. So the data-centric AI movement is making the engineering of the data much more systematic. And it's that coupled with existing previous progress in code that I think is enabling this, this wider access to building these AI models. Interesting. So data becoming more important, but good quality data in particular. Yeah, this is good. Yes. And, and one reason I think this is important for democratizing access too is if I go to the IT staff of a manufacturing plant and ask them to invent the next generation of the math or neural network architecture, you know, maybe they could do it, but this is it's challenging. But if you go to the um, IT staff of a manufacturing plant and provide tools to help them express their domain knowledge. All these subtle things like, oh, you know, is this a dent or a scratch? How exactly do you define a scratch versus a dent? Is this a discoloration on the LCD panel or, or is this so small you can ignore it? That's actually really complicated. You know, normal people like you and me that aren't specialists, I have a really hard time making these decisions. So I think rather than um, expecting everyone building an AI system to be great at, you know, stringing together novel neural network architectures, if we can provide state-of-the-art cutting-edge neural network architectures, but provide unique tools to help domain experts express their knowledge about when is a discoloration called the Mura defect in LCD panel acceptable or not acceptable, when is a scratch, a real scratch versus a dent, versus a piece of dirt that can be blown away. If we can provide tools to help a manufacturing plant express this domain knowledge by 
generating and labeling precise data, then I think that is a very doable task for the manufacturing operation. And that allows these valuable AI systems to be created and deployed and maintained. Interesting. So there, there's hope for domain experts that they would be needed in the long run to make sure that they work alongside data-centric machine learning algorithms to optimize them, to improve it, to make sure we have precise, precisely labeled data, right? Yeah, I think manufacturing domain experts are absolutely needed. Uh, mm. And, and you know, I, I know that um, there are often U.S. and international conversations about you know, national competitiveness, jobs. And when I look at manufacturing in multiple countries around the world, I think that one way, the best way to maintain, you know, national competitiveness for different nations, frankly, is to build for the technology that is here and is coming, uh, build for the next generation of technology, rather than only try to preserve the jobs of 30 years ago. So I find that my partnerships with manufacturing experts are often very fruitful. And as both parties working together, they can enable these really exciting things that drives your know, automation to create value for the manufacturing industry. Very good. So building competencies for the future, which triggers another question for me that very often comes up when you talk about AI and, and automating things. What do you think are the competencies we will need in the future? And what kind of jobs will we need in the future when we start to automate more jobs with AI? You know, I think that for the foreseeable future, I think we need a lot more people trained up in how to think about and use and build and maintain AI systems. When I look across the manufacturing industry, there's a lot of work that, well, 10 years ago, before the rise of deep learning, there was a lot of work that just, you know, computers could not do. And then maybe five years ago, uh, deep learning had advanced to the point where, say, there were a lot of tasks that someone could build a neural network for, but it was still the problem that, you know, you could hire 200 engineers to improve some piece of a web search engine, but you couldn't hire 200 engineers to work on a $5 million project in, in a manufacturing plant or, or even a, you know, dozens of engineers. So, so I think five years ago, the technology made proof of concepts possible but actual, you know, economically valuable, scalable deployments, we didn't have the methods to get there. Mm -hmm. And then I think with data-centric AI and with, you know, the, the landing AI platform, and hopefully, right, others working on other tools in other industries, I think we're getting to the point, the technology is getting to the point where it's feasible for domain experts in manufacturing to, you know, operate these tools and be empowered to build and deploy their own machine learning models. And I think over the next several years, I think that will drive a tremendous wave of value creation in manufacturing, but, but also other industries. I think this pattern will play out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then you've just had some exciting news. You just completed a, a funding round for Lending AI, right? Oh, yes. So I think Lending AI few really excited about what we're onto. I think we're you know getting to the recipe that unlocks this value. So Lania is announcing that we completed a $57 million Series A round and eager to you know just have the um, additional resources to just make everything scale. We're hiring aggressively, um, have to grow the team, and I'm also eager now that it's working to just get this in the hands of as many manufacturers as possible to help them create more value. Congratulations. That's great, great news. Yeah. Then, 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 when we look at the whole space of of AI, 
have you got any worries around AI, the future of AI, their impact on future jobs, the ethics of AI biases and AI models? Any particular concerns that that you have when you when you look at at AI overall? Very much so. I worry about all of these things. I think the issues of fairness and bias have been widely discussed, but for good reason. And we still have a lot of work needed to, to build responsible AI, transparent, auditable, fair, you know, AI that, that, that serves everyone. I worry about the concentration of power that AI is leading to create value for everyone. That's partly why I'm excited about what we're doing in landing AI, because AI create a lot of value for consumer software internet. And I think let's go and create a lot of value for the manufacturing industry too. And hopefully, you know, all of these other industries as well. So maybe, maybe we can help a little bit on that, but I worry about fairness in, in terms of value created. And so I, th I think all, all, all of these are, AI is creating tremendous value. And I think for good reason, there are all of these things that we should all collectively worry about and, and then just keep pushing to make sure that the benefits we create for everyone vastly outweighs you know, any really do our best to minimize the harm that it could create. Very good. And I guess to some extent you've covered this already, but if we do the same now and look at AI and your hopes for the future, what would they be? You know, I remember when I was in high school, I had an internship where the only thing I remember was I was doing a lot of photocopying. I wake up in the morning, go to the office and yep, they tell me to photocopy. I just do that a lot. I remember as a high school student thinking, boy, if only you could build some robot or some automation to do all this photocopying, maybe I could do something else. So I would love if collectively through landing AI, the AI world, if AI is automation on steroids, if we can take a lot of the repetitive work and have AI do that for us, I think it'll free up a lot of people to do, you know, higher level, even more exciting and even more meaningful things. I definitely see this potential in manufacturing, but I think this would be true for many other industries as well. Very good. Now, I, I, I guess in the long run, the whole idea is that by automating some of the things that humans shouldn't really be wasting their time on, we make the world a more human place and, and maximize the potential that humans have, right? Yeah, I think I, I see a lot of, yeah, I, I think that by automating things that a computer can, we can free up a lot of humanity time to do more exciting, more meaningful and more valuable things. Perfect. Fantastic time to stop. Great points. Thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. And again, congratulations on the, the amazing news on your funding round and good luck with landing AI. Great. Thank, thank you for that. I've followed your work for a long time. It's really, really great to, to connect here as well. Thank you so much.